Thanks for tuning into the Canadian Beacon Podcast. Canadian events for the regular people. 3. Regular Canadians giving their opinion on world and Canadian news. Remember to hit that like button and subscribe to our podcast and give us a good rating on your podcast provider. It helps us create more content for you to enjoy. Here we are, Canadian Beacon Podcast. Yeah, I got some interesting suggested topics too. Um, oh, cool. Here, Hockey Canada. Hockey Canada admitted they have sort of a fund for uh, when they're liable for sexual assault allegations and things like that. Like, so they have this kind of slush fund. And Trudeau weighed in on it, which I think is kind of ironic. He's sitting yeah, there really. going on about sexual assault allegations and settlements. So that was interesting. Yeah, that just, that's, that's Trudeau in a nutshell. Yeah. The Russian-Iran deal for $40 billion. Oh, I didn't hear about that one, so that'll be another good one. Yeah, what Russia's doing is... Uh, Iran has the second largest reserves of natural gas in the world, next to Russia. And Gazprom is going to help them develop some fields and build pipelines to export to the east. Ah. Going to make Iran and Russia, the new Saudi Arabias. And the other one is, oh, the American ambassador to Russia, way back in 2008, warned the president at the time. I think that Obama was elected in 2008, right? Yeah, yeah, you sure? Yeah, well, yeah, before I think it was Bush, he said, Don't get involved in promoting Ukrainian membership in NATO, it will only lead to war. The American ambassador wrote a yeah. scathing memo about that, it said, Do not do this, and look what happened. And then the final one is called peak prosperity yeah just started to listen to that but um amazing interview yeah really interesting really interesting perspective on what's going on called the natural rice they're saying that the 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 rise of the new normal reich in other words the new normal is this there this any any it's a really long interview and it's i quite in depth and i've got to actually watch it again but it's fascinating i'm gonna get his book too yeah that's his book but um he talks about really what's going on and really what it is is the uh, globe he calls it global global cap which is the, like the globalist capitalist system that has basically won they won the cold war um they're now mopping up. And that would, to me, he, he didn't get into it so far in the interview, but to me, that would really explain the Ukrainian war. The Ukrainian war is designed to shatter uh, Russian nationalism. <laughs> the whole idea then is 
to destroy Russian nationalism. And that's kind of the last sort of blockage to total domination in the world that they figure they could probably handle China, but that's what their, um, what their plan is. It's really fascinating. But that would explain a lot of what's going on in Ukraine. The whole idea of the Ukraine is just to destroy Russia. But Russia's again, handling its own moves. Like, you know, you're starting to see an alignment of, of nationalist countries like India. You're seeing India, Iran, Turkey, um, China. Like China, like we were talking about it last week, but... China, good guys, bad guys is kind of gray. Uh, if you look at the big picture. Yeah. I know. Hey, Paul, how are you? Hello, gentlemen. Doing good. Doing well. So, I'm finding oh, an on, oncoming power line. <laughs> it looks like a straight downward fall instead of a curvature fall. That's right, because it'd be flat, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, guys, it's uh, Todd, Paul, and Craig here from the Canadian Beacon. Welcome to the show, and we have a, a quite a lineup for tonight. And uh, we're going to take off with this, and once Todd gets a little bit settled there, I think he's making his way somewhere. Either that or he's <laughs> having a real trip with uh, some psychedelic uh, drugs. No, I'm right here. Okay. There he is. In the land of the big blur. I'm here. There he is. So we have a, a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, I'll, I'll point out a few news headlines that just came uh, about in the last uh, short time. Um, one of them is... The far left uh, has uh, created an indoctrination toolkit for Canadian schools. So this kit in which the federal government is supplying uh, around $260,000 plus for them to develop uh, was paid to a pro-censorship group called the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. Oh, boy. And... It's for anti-racism education program to roll out their social political agenda on, on school children. Uh, the only problem with this, this toolkit is it's a copy of a, it's basically taken as a copy and paste from a US uh, based toolkit called uh, Confronting White Nationalism in, in Schools. And that was developed by a company, uh, another left-wing group called Western State Center. So at any rate, uh, it talks about hateful symbols that educators are taught to be on the lookout, such as uh, the major one, Peppy the Frog, or <laughs> bigoted classroom profile pictures. Okay, it doesn't mention anything about um, swastikas or, or actual hate symbols, but uh, part of it is radicalization risks uh, to teens getting red-pilled by right-wing YouTube videos. Wow. Wow. You know, so in other words, this is, you can see where this is leading, right? With the, the bill, uh, was it 11 or whatever it is? Uh, C11. C11, where they're trying to, to give reasons why they're going to have to 
sense or the internet. And this kind of falls in line with that whole uh, thought process, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's well you just, take a uh, look at the organization you said is the anti-hate one. Yeah. They, they tell you their agenda in the very first thing, anti-hate. It's opposite. It's, yeah. it's, it's yes. just to spread hate and dissent and divide. Oh, exactly. I was when as soon as you know, I've heard of these. Most of these guys are incel basement dwellers living in their parents' homes. Half of them are yeah. pedos. Um, they're, you know, as soon as you reminded me of it, it was it was just, I just all I could think of was 1984 and the Ministry of Love, and this is you know the exact same thing. They're vitriol like. I know one of the people I follow is a raging dissident who is just absolutely hounded by these assholes and they are, they are assholes. And one of the biggest uh, race pimps out there is uh, Bernie Farber. Um, He's involved. He's up to it. He's up to his elbows in it as well. And uh, these guys, you know, of course there's racists, there's racists and bigoted people on both sides. But the mm-hmm. fact is, is that what they're doing is they're, you know, it's the same way as, um, you know, the Jewish conspiracy in the 30s. Uh, you know, Jews were responsible for Germany losing the war. Jews are all behind communism. Da, 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 right? And they're using the same methodology, except it's white supremacist. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, and you know what? How is it that in a predominantly white-based population, which is the, the typically North America, Europe, how do we let the 1% or less get catered to? How do we do that? It, it, it's all through that political correctness. And it's all well, through this fact-checking stuff. Who, who fact-checks the fact-checkers? If anything has to get fact-checked, I know it's already correct because the liberal side is already fact-checking it. Which they're trying, which is code for they're trying to disarm them. They did that with COVID, with the treatments with COVID. They did. They've done this all the way throughout. Um, they darken pictures of these shooters. They say he's a pro-Trump guy, anti-Trump hatred all over, and then the news story goes away. It's all of this that comes out out, out, out to play. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it, you Manipul- know manipulation of the press is what it comes down to, right? Oh, yeah. it's it, it's it's unbelievable. I, I didn't. I, I didn't want to kind of segue. Well, I guess I could segue into this. Is it reflects totally on a interview I saw today of Chris Martinson on Peak Prosperity, where he interviews a gentleman, an author named uh, C.J. Hopkins, who just recently wrote a book that I am going to get. It's called The Rise of the New Normal Reich, and this is actually part of it is that they vilify the resistance to them. And the enemy to the new normal is nationalism. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why um, you see them, they went after Syria. They're going after uh, Russia through the Ukraine. Um, you know, their, uh, uh, their goal is to destroy nationalism and replace it with globalism, which they've pretty much done in North America and Europe, but nationalism starting to fight back. And yeah. these 
you, the, the actions that Craig was talking about with this education program is them running scared. They know it they're is. running and, out of and, time and people and are the Americans, up. The Americans have that critical race theory too down there, which, which is very similar piggybacking on the idea, right? That all the evils in the world is caused by white people. Yeah, yeah I, I like, guess in, in Ontario, didn't uh, Doug Ford's uh, Minister of Education um, disauthorize a similar type of program as the critical race theory for schools yep. in Ontario? Yes, he yeah. did. Yeah. See, which is, you know, the whole thing too. Nothing, there's nothing more racist than critical race theory. Yeah. Or the, 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 the conspiracy that white people invented everything. We only happen to invent everything for the most part, which is changing, right? Innovation now is going all over the world, right? As yeah. other societies, we were just the first ones. It doesn't mean we're the best or that we have some sort of superiority. We just managed to develop systems and cultural practices that helped us prosper that other societies, which happen to be inhabited by other races, hadn't approached yet yeah yeah you know and different levels it, of technology throughout the whole country and the world right yeah and you know what what's one 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 of the most um guilty systems for causing all this issues is the advent of uh communism getting at these societies i mean you take vietnam for example right um and uh, Southeast Asia was just, is, and still is beset by communism. And mm -hmm. they have been, they have stunted their growth as a culture and society more than what our, we're responsible for as colonists and things like that. So it's got, you know, it, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's more racist than, than supposed, you know, white superiority. Well, you take a look. You're right. It's, it has to do a lot of with uh, like you've got the, uh, the the Kirks of the world. You've got the Shapiros of the world where they say the biggest problem in the world today is culture, culture. And inside a culture, you have wrapped religion. And you take a look. You can go to a lot of the Middle Eastern countries that uh, practice Islam and they are the worst at you notice new technologies don't come out of those countries. Because they hold their women down. They don't educate half of their own population. And it is one of the most corrupt kind of lot systems around. One of the things they said about that is how many Nobel uh, Prizes for science and technology have come out of the Middle East? Other than Israel. Other than Israel, yeah. Yeah, but there was a time when the Middle East was the center of learning. The Library of Alexandria. Yep. Um, Mecca. I mean, uh, you know, they Google had at one though. time and, and, and then they got hit by religious fundamentalism. It's like they haven't had the reform, reformation. Like we never, yes. we never made it anywhere till we threw off the yoke of the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And it was 500 years of war after that. They haven't had the same opportunity. Their problem is too, though, is that now they have to deal with that and they have to deal with uh, global capitalism, political interference in their, in their societies, not letting them progress as no. they normally have. They're not getting that benefit, right? Someone's interfering.
all the time. Well, Saudi Arabia, they'd be still wandering around on camels. Let's just be honest. If it wasn't for Armaco, uh, Amico going over there and giving them oil. Yeah. The, it's pretty much the Wahhabists who are more the extremists. That is the Saudi family. The Wahhabists, oh, they're, te- they're tent dwellers in the desert. Oh, the Wahhabists are so backwards. They're like the, uh, uh, what do you call the Jesuits? <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, just, they're just totally freaking backwards shit disturbers. Saudi Arabia is the world's biggest welfare state right now. And again, another society that um, has not been allowed to normally progress because the, um, the Western powers uh, kept, is it the House of Saud? that is in yes. power yeah. yeah basically installed the house of Saud in the power and then they in turn use the wahhabis to control the um the country the reality is is if you look at the saudi royal family which it's ridiculous because there's over five thousand so-called princes mm-hmm. in the um the hierarchy do you think these guys live like a wahhabist in the Far desert from- no they're over in you know, Monte Carlo, Las Vegas, gambling and whoring about drinking. So, you know, again, the people, again, pay the price, right? But we, you, you go to say it again. Those are the people of privilege, the House of Saud, and uh, mm-hmm. they have the, the, the clout, the power, the money, and, you know, and, and the international connections. And what do they do? They hold down. They have public executions in the square for entertainment, for bread and circus, for the, for the dumbed-down masses. They well, hold it'll, it'll the so, education of the Quran, and they yeah. interpret it to the people to keep their power. Oh, it's like it's like the Catholic Church in the Middle <laughs> Ages. Like it's just <laughs> you know, there's. A, I mean, but look at that. You're talking about public executions. That's a public message. Stay in line, yeah. or that's going to be you. Um, and the other, like you know, look at us though. We've got someone like Tamara Lynch that mm-hmm. uh, is still being held without bail yep. uh, for what? Canada's number one political prisoner. Yep. Yes. And, and you guys saw Pat King just got released after 150 days. Yeah. Do you know the conditions they put him on? No. No? I, that'd be no, interesting. I no. I knew he had to get out of Ontario or something. Or is he from Ontario? No, he's from the West, I think. Is he from the West? Yeah. I think, I, I think he had to get basically they kicked him out of Ontario anyway. But yeah, that's, that's interesting. Hey, speaking of uh, uh, dictators and things like that, did you see what uh, good old Justin did up in, in uh, Kelowna, Kelowna. Colombia? What is picking fruit? Yeah. Well, what he did was he's done. He's outdone himself again. This time he uh, he's holding a photo op in Kelowna, and reporters and uh, were threatened with police action if they shouted out questions to him and uh so basically if you dared to ask a question of him you'd he'd have you uh ejected from the resort or ejected from the, the location so and the spiral your, continues yep the the freedom of the press is is alive and well in in the land of canadistan right did yeah, that even apply to the cbc uh, <laughs> uh bought and paid for uh reporters yeah apparently it was uh, to all of them everybody wow um, so yeah he's uh obviously another example of uh, uh trudeau running scared right mm-hmm. 
with re- respect to his uh, BC trip, I guess the Hockey Canada's leadership revealed this week about they have a, a fund meant to handle sexual misconduct claims. And Trudeau was asked about it <laughs> <laughs> in a press wow. conference. And yeah, he said... calling the kettle black. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Earth's he said it's hard for anyone to have faith in Hockey Canada's leadership. Yeah. And then he said, I, I think right now it's hard for anyone in Canada to have faith or trust anyone in Hockey Canada. What we're learning today is absolutely unacceptable. When well, I think that, about they had to have a slush fund or they didn't have the the the, the purse strings from daddy's uh, estate to pay out yeah. the, the, the victims. Yeah. He says, when I think about the culture that is apparently permeating the highest orders of, the, of that organization, I can understand why so many parents, why so many Canadians who take such pride in our national winter sport are absolutely disgusted by what's going on. And certainly as a government, we will continue to be unequivocal in our condemnation of what we're learning and mostly in our demands that things change significantly. Wow. <laughs> what a dink. Tone He's such a fucking prick. He really is. Like, you know, isn't that just the ultimate example of um, narcissism? Yeah, yeah. Is this, he's sitting there, well, uh, allegedly involved in some sort of misconduct at the school that he taught mm-hmm. at, which we can't find anything about because there's a publication ban. Yeah, which means, man, it's something worth hiding. Yep, it uh, has to be. He wasn't stealing lunch money, let's put it that way. Yeah, so, well, he, he was stealing something, but it wasn't lunch money. Yeah. The honey pot. Just, just the audacity of this yeah. prick to just, you know. Did you like who did, did you guys see the headline? Do you guys see the headline from the Toronto Sun? It says, Does his barber even hate him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the reference to Jim Carrey and Lloyd Christmas yeah. and Dumb and Dumb. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. He must have. Ticked off his barber something bad, eh? I went online and onto the official um, Twitter page on uh, and uh, directed something to Trudeau, and I I got to ask him with that haircut, did he get to keep the bowl? (laughs) 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 I look like a bowl cut. (laughs) Yeah, like I, I, uh, he just. Remember, Joe? They said about Joe Clark that Joe Clark constantly shot himself in the foot. Simpleton. This guy, I mean, when the leadership convention is done with the conservative, well, his popularity is already just like he's he's absolutely unelectable. And the yeah. rumor I read an article yesterday that one of the rumors is they're considering calling a September election. Yeah, that's uh, that's the NDP's part. That's right? a rumor out there. That's that's a kick in the face uh, towards the NDP. What do you think Jagmik's going to be thinking about that? He's thinking, well, you know, if they do that, the NDP will going to be decimated for his stupidity over the last little while and joining up with the liberals. So the NDP will be decimated and maybe Jagmeet will lose his seat and therefore his pension. So all that deal that he made with Trudeau is is basically been flushed. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that Trudeau is trying to catch 
uh, maybe call an election just before the the final uh, outcome of the the PC leadership uh, 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 review or PC leadership uh, program they have, so that they're going to be caught off guard and un, you know in respect their ability to campaign and stuff, right? I did this just escapes me. I got two schools of thought on this. Is one that there's such bad news down the road for them. Yeah. Uh, because already, already people are angry. At an 8.1% inflation rate, how can you be angry at them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, or do they have something up their sleeve? Like what? I don't know. Start a war with Greenland. Yeah. I don't What's know. that, Paul? Starting a war with Greenland. Yeah, no, they'd lose. <laughs> uh, pandemic and mail-in ballots. <laughs> yeah, no. maybe uh, a revision of the, the lockdowns and mail-in ballots only so they can uh, create a, another win for them. Yeah. Did you guys see a picture? Lost 200,000 um, ballots in the last election. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the picture with Alex Soros? at a Dominion site with Justin Trudeau sitting down looking at the um, yeah. computerized uh, terminals. Yeah. Holy smokes. Talk about the den of vipers. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Did you see that other picture with uh, Trudeau uh, without a mask on, on a train, but uh, mandating everybody in a, on the rail wear masks, but except for him. Oh, of course. See, this is, where people have to look and see that we are being led by a narcissistic prick mm. that thinks he 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 says one thing you know you know no you don't you know them by not what they say but what they do and yeah. when he does that he is saying that he doesn't the rules do not apply to him that's actually a very big um indicator of a sociopath yeah yeah, yeah you know, the social for norms, all right? time trudeau has been in power i have yet to hear him actually answer a question no that was asked yeah <laughs> but did you guys see on the train there so apparently they they covered for trudeau and it was a steam train it wasn't via rail so that only applies to via rail trains Mm. Not to a steam loaded engine. So he COVID is so genius that no one has to wear a mask if it's steam powered. But if yeah, but it see, that's is like diesel the powered. press. That's what pisses me off. Like yeah. they they let that go. I know it's a softball. You can hit that out of the park. Oh my god! It's like are you? I like are you? You know my re my rebuttal question would be to the whatever liberal dickhead that came up with that answer is, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, right. do you realize that, like you say, that COVID knows the difference between a steam powered locomotive and a diesel electric locomotive. <laughs> but they've dumbed, they've dumbed down the population though, to believe that you need That's to wear smart. your mask from the front door to the table in a restaurant. But while mm -hmm. you're at the table, you can eat, drink and cough. But if you got to pee, you got to put your mask back on to go to the toilet. Yeah. They've conditioned that they, they've dumbed us. They've dumbed the majority of the people down to yeah, be like, yeah. oh, okay, just be a sheep. 
follow the line because if you go up the correct aisle at a grocery store where the arrow's pointing, you're solid. You're golden. COVID doesn't hit you. If you're going against the stream like salmon swimming up river, you are definitely going to die of the man-made pathogen made in Wuhan. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> dumb. Yeah. Clown world. It's man. coming back. I have been seeing more and more people wearing one to two masks, walking by themselves outdoor in 40-degree weather. Humidex. Good for These them. people still live among us. They still live among us. Yeah. Oh, I see, you see him in the, the shopping, like I was in Canadian Tire the other day and I saw probably four or five different people wearing masks. And I thought like, why, why are you doing this? Why? I know. And I know and if you're really concerned, goes, that right? concerned and you're immune compromised, you shouldn't be out. That's right. And if masks work so good, why don't they work good? <laughs> yeah. Why, yeah. Need, why do you need the poison shot? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. It, well, it just definitely tells you who, like, it, I think it goes to uh, see the liberal supporters out there. People, those, those people that are wearing the masks, they are definitely liberals. Definitely liberals watching CBC and CNN. That's right. Isn't it, isn't it funny that COVID is also so genius that at Service Ontario, uh, it doesn't show up and you don't need to wear a mask. But if you go to Service Canada, to wait in line for, a, let's say, just say a passport that they have such a boondoggle with, that you need a mask up, glove up, you need to put the alcohol lotion on your hands. For what reason? For what yeah. reason? Come on. It's, it's There's just federal yeah. COVID thing, eh? It's just kind of hovers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I yeah, guess... Uh, uh, some interesting stats are coming out of uh, uh, all over the place. Eh? Yet, uh, what were you saying earlier, Todd? Um, you had some really good uh, topics there that you're going to bring up. Oh, one of them was, um, let me dig it up here. Russia and Iran have signed a $40 billion memorandum of understanding between Gazprom, which is the Russian energy giant, and uh, Shana, which is the Iran's um, oil ministry news agency, sorry, through Iran's oil industry. And that was uh, published by Shana, which is the oil ministry's news agency. So what it is, is um, the Russians and the Turks and the Iranians are working together to build to um, utilize uh, gas fields in Iran so that they can bring Iranian natural gas to market, probably to the east. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it's a huge deal because Iran has the second largest reserves of natural gas in the world, but they've always had a problem of developing them. You know mm -hmm. that the Americans and the Israelis, are, that's the last thing they want to see is Iran becoming the next Saudi Arabia. This is uh, a huge deal. Yeah. So there's the Kish and North Pars gas fields, and then also six oil fields. They're going to complete a bunch of LNG projects and construction of gas ex export pipelines, which is good news if you're in a peaceful economic world because... 
that means there's going to be lots of business and utilization of energy for industry and, and um, homes in the East. And possibly if the Europeans played nice, they would probably get some of that natural gas too. But the way it's going yeah. right now, it doesn't look that way. The pipelines are there. They want to run East. They have a, a flat route all the way through India until they hit the Himalayas. Well, I think that that's correct, probably Paul? one of their. That... <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I, it just came round to me. <laughs> but I think India is probably one of their big targets. Yeah, yeah. India has a problem, a big energy problem right now because they burn uh, coal, really low grade uh, lignite coal. Yeah, which is dirty brown coal, which is the worst type of uh, coal that you can get. They'll be far better ahead with a lot of natural gas generators going. Oh, for sure, for yep. sure. From a from a big picture point of view, you know, we're sitting there going on. The United States and Israel have been hammering away at Iran for decades. Not saying Iran is the the nicest kid on the block, but you know, maybe there's there's other ways. Well, you know and what? To, to, to answer your question, what countries have Iran um, took over in the last two decades? Well, the last war they were in, they were invaded by Iraq. Right. At the urging of the West. Um, they, got, they got a proxy war going on in Syria. They also got a proxy war going on in uh, Yemen. Yemen. They also fund a lot of terrorist uh, they do. operations across the world. So they're, they're, not, they they're definitely not Mr. Nice Guy for sure. They're not no, Mr. Nice Guy, but they you fund, know what? The they, U.S. are also using Saudi Arabia to keep the Yemen, Yemenese thing going to, put, to make Iran look bad, though. Yeah. They fund um, uh, Hezbollah, too. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, in Palestine, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but... But my point is, we got to look are funding The U.S. are funding Ukraine. The U.S. has went into Afghanistan, Syria, Libya. They took a leadership. My point is, yes, Iran is not the good guys. They do funnel terrorism. But who created the terrorists? I, my argument is always still the Americans created the terrorists by bombing a, a, a wedding ceremony that was the wrong people because someone had already left. They just create these terrorists. They, 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 they kill these people's parents. They get put into uh, refugee camps. They're poor, desperate, and people prey on these people. Yep, nothing oh, to lose. You first, got nothing to lose, right? That's yeah. right. And so, But the original bomb was dropped from a drone in the yeah. sanitary war. So um, and I'm not taking Iran off the hook, but it's like let's no. also see too that let's also look at why they become terrorists as well. Yeah, because of the foreign policemanship of the Americans. Let's be honest. I think um, you know you got to look at it. Go way back. You could go back to the fifties where this thing started, where Iran wanted to nationalize its oil industry, and next thing you know, the government was overthrown and the Shah of Iran was installed. Put in place. Yeah, and he was a pretty brutal dictator. 
again, he's another guy who did the West bidding. Now, part of this is if you look at it from, and this is part of our problems as, as, as humans in, in the West who are raised on the idea of being fair and, you know, following, um, being, making moral decisions, things like that. We look at this and we go, my God, their foreign policy is just awful and stupid. But it's not awful and stupid if you look at it, if you want to destroy nationalism and implement global order. Mm -hmm. Because the conflict that is fomented between nations, Israel and, and Iran, uh, you name it, you know, Turkey, Syria, you know, um, Libya, Libya, um, Yemen, which is a proxy war between on one side is Iran, on the other side is Saudi Arabia. Well, it just puts nations in conflict and weakens them. And nobody emerges from these wars stronger. They, they, they end up in debt with um, a lot of dead people and bitterness amongst the citizens and hatred towards the enemy. So that takes generations to get rid of. And it weakens it also, both sides. It also perpetuates the, the military industrial complex. And it's oh. ma majorly owned by Britain, USA. And it's, yeah. it, it, you've got France, you've got Germany thrown in the mix. What is it that is a stat that the United States spends more on arms than the rest, the, the 10 next countries or something like that combined? Yeah. And guess where... Well, they get it comes down to money, right? That's what it comes down to, right? It comes down to money. That they're the number one spender in arms. And uh, Todd mentioned that the next ten people in in line, the U.S. spends more money than all those countries combined. Yeah, all those countries combined. And that makes a lot of people a lot of money, and it also achieves their aims of um, causing chaos and division amongst nations of the world. Yes, and. Uh, and it yeah. keeps Saudi Arabia propped up with the deal that they would use the petrol dollar being the American dollar that everyone has to change their currency into. That's the only yep. thing holding the American economy up afloat. <laughs> and that's why they went into Libya and got rid of Gaddafi and everything else because he wanted to go to their own standard of money, the golden dinar, the African dinar. Yeah. And you, you look at that, they, they try to do away with nationalism back in, oh, when was the Brazil Olympics? Then they released Zika virus. Um, that was part of the Uganda 40, 1947 that owned by Rockefeller it owned, then it got bought out by the Bill and Linda Gates Foundation. The BRICS nation tried to break away and create their own block to compete against it. And they, which is what BRICS, uh, was it Brazil, Russia, India, Spain, China, was it China, China? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a whole lot of things. So on many levels, that's, that's that factor there. U.S. foreign policy is, is really American interest. Yeah. Summed up. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, um, too, though, nationalism is popping up. It's like the, uh, that, you know, that game you play at uh, uh, an arcade where you, you – it's that you whack-a-mole 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 it's they're they're they've got their hands full it's breaking out yeah. in argentina it's breaking out in panama 
Sri Lanka, Lanka. Holland, yeah. Germany, Italy, and it's going to come to Canada. Oh, yeah. Everyone has a taste of it, too. I guess there's already organizations for uh, to create um, the protests again in Canada, uh, some as soon as the 23rd of this month in relation to the uh, support of the, the Dutch uh, farmers and also to the truckers again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Isn't that isn't that just going into the government's hands, though? They've already created a supply chain issue. The, the, the fiasco at all the airports, the, the mandating coming all, the, the mandatory, random mandatory uh, testing at all these airports that are already in chaos. But it, it, they kind of want the farmers to go just like the Dutch farmers, because then you're going to have the grocery stores dry up and everything else. And then you've got another narrative for these knuckleheads that who created it to go and say, well, see, this is the problem. That's why we got to you got to keep us in power because we will solve this problem. It wasn't our problem, but it was. They created it. That's what I, I see the, the situation. Yeah, I think that they're they're at the point where they they control the press. They control the they think they control the narrative. Again, people aren't people, more and more people aren't listening and they, it only gets worse for them every day because the, the barn, they're trying to close the barn door. The cows are already out. The monster of inflation has been released. They have no plan to solve the problem. Well, see, here's, I agree with you. I think that you can control the population with media and with your propaganda when times are good, when you can put food on the table and put clothes on your kid's back. But when you can't do that, it's hard to swallow what you're being force fed. Inflation crushes governments. That's right. Just have to ask Baghdad Bob about that one, eh? Yeah. 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 But you take, have you guys walked, have you guys taken like a drive around in the city, like in your, in your protective cities or into a bigger I center? try and stay out of the city. You know, you know what an interesting thing is? If you had a, if you had a time lapse, when inflation started hitting up, remember there was a big construction boom during COVID. People weren't going out doing this. They were putting money into the houses, making things look nice. Things look nice. Things are well kept. We just got back from a ride. And I'm telling you, people aren't cutting their grass. They're definitely not putting water, wasting money on water, watering it. The landscaping has gone downhill. Shingles are all popping up and curling up. People are just not reinvesting in their thing, in their property. Money's getting tight. Money's getting tight. So it, yep. it's, it's, a, it's a one really out of five. Thing. One out of five people in Canada are, are making use of food banks right now. Struggling. Yes. Yeah. And at a time when they were shutting down churches, when they did that and they shut down churches, whether or not you're a church person or not, you can't deny that a lot of them have the outreach programs that either clothe and feed or house them. Yep. And they mm-hmm. shut those programs down to create an even worse problem. Oh, yeah. Well, what is it? For, is it 40% of uh, Canadians are having trouble making their mortgage payments? Well, no. they're, they're saying that uh, if the interest rate went up 1%, one in four uh, mortgage holders will be uh, in a critical situation. Mm-hmm. And that's happened now. It went up that 1%. Yeah, at once. At once. Tsunami. Yeah. So we're going to see a tsunami of, uh, 
of uh, bankruptcies. We're going to see uh, uh, house uh, mortgage for- forfeitures. You're going to see all kinds of that kind of stuff right now. Uh, they say if you had a variable rate mortgage on a, a typical home right now, your monthly payment last week went up by over $1,000. Yep. I know somebody who's going through that. Crazy. And they were warned. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's a planned destruction, right? That's yeah. Right. But again, I think they're, um, I think like this is, uh, I think this is like Napoleon and um, Hitler on the outskirts of Moscow. I think that's as far as they get. I think it's all downhill for them from this point on. They're going to yeah. lose. Of course, you know, a lot of people are going to get hurt and killed in the process. But um, this is, I think this is as far as they're going to get into our lives. Of course, we're going to have to go through hell the next few years. Um, yes. You know, yeah. Martin we're going to re- replay the early 80s is what's going to happen, right? I think it's going to be worse than that. Yeah. I think. Um, well, the 80s just, was just an interest rate boom, right? And so now what you've done, you've chewed through people's savings. So no one's really having investments to make that 20% on a GIC. Mm-hmm. But they also paid top buck for a house where I don't think in the 80s you're paying top dollar for a house. Yeah, but I think there's much more involved than that. We're paying a lot more taxes. Yeah. The support systems that we grew up with, that we paid into, aren't going to be there. They're going to be eaten away by inflation. Yeah. Um, there's this cultural divide in this country. We don't have the same demographic that we had. Um, it's going on all over the world. Mm-hmm. And I think people are starting to realize the, you know, the mask is off. I mean, we can see the man behind the curtain now. And it's globalism. Yeah. You know, I, I've been following this since the 90s. I'm surprised it's lasted this long. And I would be considered, if I talked about what I thought back then, I would be looked at like I'm batshit crazy. People don't look at you like you're batshit crazy anymore. No. no. Well, the conspiracy theories that you had in the 90s are, <laughs> is news today. It's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And breakneck speed. It sounds like that Alex Jones. I don't know if you know of him. He's oh, yeah. kind of predicted everything, maybe off by a few months, but man, other than the spider he, goats. Well, you know, and spider goats. Frogs, but... <laughs> Is that because yeah. the goats were making uh, instead of milk, they're spewing uh, spider uh, uh, silk, silk, something like that. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I didn't kind of follow that one too much. Um, People are waking up. I think one of the biggest things is now, you know, we went through all this trans bullshit the last couple months. People are just rolling their eyes on that one. And now they're talking with their fucking cricket factories. (laughs) Stupid. People are just going like, what? Yeah. I ain't eating crickets. Did you see Rebel News do a piece on that? No. 
Alexandria Lavenier or something, a French uh, journalist, she hit the streets and people just wanted to just smack that cricket out of her hand. She bought a bag of crickets and was offering it free samples. A free See? sample of your future dinner. And right. that's why they're in such a hurry right now. Because they've tried to close the door and people are going like, what the hell is going on? And yeah. this is, as, I think, as far as they get. It's going to take a lot of fighting to get back to where we were. But um, the, they, the whole cricket just, thing kind of reminds me of uh, back in the early or in the 70s anyways during the Pol Pot regime um, there was no food right so the, the people had to make do and and they end up eating there's a lot of tarantulas and, and large insects in, in Cambodia so the people began to eat and look at it as a delicacy eating spiders like tarantulas and things of that nature and big, you know, scorpions or whatever it is. And that became to this day, they still eat them. Not that because they have to, but now it's become part of the culture, which is kind of interesting. So hopefully that, but how many millions of people had to die and starve to death at the same time. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. 3 million people died. Yeah. Half the country. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. well, I'll, I'll eat bugs in a survival situation, but I'm going to go for the tomahawk steak or uh, over a cricket. <laughs> yeah, tomahawk I'll go for steaks? squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> What's a tomahawk steak? You haven't seen those? No. You actually hold it by the rib and you got this giant hunk of beef right there. Yeah. No? Oh, they're oh, okay. good. They're good. Yeah. But it's crazy but but you know what they're saying now and in the circles that I, I follow with like health and nutrition now more than ever you better start reading those health label or the, the food ingredient labels they will be injecting crickets in everything mm-hmm. it'll be like your work like the the, the, the the cricket flour and all this other flour stuff now with come crickets. With I saw ads from uh, agriculture Canada official promoted ads on Twitter and they wanted citizens input on um, where they could go with crickets, where they could go with uh, insects into the food. They're actually Canadian food inspection agencies are really ramping up this, this, this stupid food idea. Mm-hmm. They should so only have crickets in, in for dinner and stuff like that in, in federal government uh, um, meetings. Yeah. Yeah, I would go with that. You know, I was thinking about that the other day is that in my world, uh, my perfect ending is all these pricks are rounded up, tried. They're put on an island for the rest of their lives and they're forced to live with a a zero carbon footprint. (laughs) And the island, the name of the island has to be Baffin. Yes. Oh yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, and they and they 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 will give them a, each um a solar panel and a bag of crickets. I think that, I think you got a hunger game there. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, how do you like being lectured to by Prince Harry and all the dignitaries and everything else about the carbon footprints and the private jets that they've used to, to, to lecture you to yep. go buy electric and do this and that? And I just saw a headline of um, in the news that uh, I think it's in Ontario here, Toronto, they're shutting down a nuclear power plant to go for a, a natural gas um, a startup. And they're having uh, controlled shutdowns for maintenance on the other nuclear plant. Wow. Have you guys seen that? No. That is. So critics are saying that this move by shutting down the nuclear power plant insolent with natural gas is going to increase the carbon footprint of Ontario by 177%. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Right. Right. Oh, did you hear the other thing is um, Rob Ford is calling back the legislature Doug. or uh, yeah, Doug, I'm sorry. I keep thinking. from the death. <laughs> Rob Ford is still a uh, drug free to this day. Yes. And anyway, Doug Ford, I mean, I don't know who knows about him. Anyways, he's calling back the, the legislature in August for an emergency uh, summer. Um, um, what do you call it? Summer hearing or whatever, or a sitting, a summer sitting. And they plan to legislate for the city of Ottawa and also mm. the city of Toronto, almost, uh, what do you call it? Almost like dictator type powers to the mayors to allow yes. them to overrule uh, the council, allowing them to become more like a, 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 like a, basically like a king in a kingdom. Yeah. They're he's, gonna, he's written governorship, really. Governorship, giving them a governorship, literally over their their lands, basically. So yeah. that's going to happen in Ottawa and, and uh, Toronto. So where does it go from there? There, that's the slippery slope, right? Like, what was a mayor before? A mayor was the guy that cast the the undecided vote on a on a locked council. He, he and was the guy, and a figurehead. He, he was a figurehead for the for the town or the, the whatever city. Now he's literally going to be like a little dictator or a little president of each little town. And, and he's going to have veto power over, over the town councils. He's going to have ability to direct uh, by himself uh, uh, city resources, which probably include the police service, local police services. So, uh, wow. Uh, you know, we could have a whole podcast on that. Just thinking about it, other ramifications. Well, one of the ramifications is if you get your guy in, that gives you a lot of control and autonomy. Yeah. It doesn't that sound right like guy. a George that sounds like a George Soros thing and doing the DAs in the States? Yep. Create your own laws. Put them on the books. But you make sure you get your guy in. laws you want. That's and right. If you don't if you don't get your guy in and your and your and your mayor is a total prick, which Most I could time. say in the town of Haldeman, that's what we have. Yeah. Um uh he's not that far away <laughs> he's not yeah. like some mp hiding in ottawa nope mm -hmm. so yep there is there is you know there is some advantages to this oh yeah yeah well they, they're gonna have to see their constituents on a daily basis but it's interesting that you bring this up craig though because why are they doing it? Why would a provincial government, any type of government, give power to other people? 
other other like uh, legislative uh, bodies. No government yeah. likes to give up power. No. Maybe he's getting ready to get in place where they can declare one of the things is they can declare an emergency and like you say, have more direct control over the police and uh, the hospitals and emergency services and things like that. So, but it might not work out to their advantage. <laughs> yeah. Or what do you, do you, do you think a... it might be also, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Paul. No, go ahead. Do you think it might also be an exit plan for him after this? He's not going to go on the national stage and run for the PCs. No. But he has the, he has the power back with his, you mentioned dead brother, in Toronto. Do you yeah. think he could become well, the mayor? He, he might run for the head of the Liberal uh, Party for uh, Ontario. Who knows? I should. <laughs> he'll, be, <laughs> he'll be the leader of two parties. That's right. <laughs> you yep. know, we had this conversation this morning. I think you brought it up, Craig. You said, why would anyone want to be a politician right now? Mm-hmm. You yeah. are going to experience wrath. Like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, and you might end up as uh, bad as what happened in the French Revolution. Yeah, yeah. from I was listening to a program, uh, and and I know Todd is quite familiar with it. Um, a gentleman out of New Brunswick area that likes to talk a little bit on the radio or talk a little bit on his podcast. Mm-hmm. But he brought up some good points, and and he says the information he's getting is the next protests that occur if if uh, Trudeau goes ahead with this nitrogen thing are going to be on a lot larger scale. They're going to be in a lot of, not just Ottawa, they're going to be in all the major cities that uh, are affected. And the difference will be is this time, the truckers, the protesters, and everybody involved knows what the police will do yeah and because they know what the police will do things are going to get amped up and amped up to a point where he figures you're going to see people actually dying uh in respect to the next protests that start coming up that was kind of a scary thought when you think about it well you had the Dutch, uh, dutch policeman that fired on an uh innocent farmer right yeah, got his tractor. Sixteen-year-old kid in a tractor. Yeah, yeah. One bullet whizzed by his ear and and uh, and almost yeah, just grazed his ear, I guess. Yeah, that could have turned out real a lot worse. I think. I think um, you know. Another thing why they you know they keep fighting and they're 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 fighting a losing battle. Um, they absolutely turned a lot of people against the police yeah yeah by their actions in ottawa yep and like you say this people a lot of people you know i'd say maybe about 25 30 percent of the people were on side with the uh, trucker process protest at least um if it, it turns out like trudeau pulls the same shit like the idiot in Holland did. Um, you're going to have well over 50, 60 percent of people on the side, that side. Oh yeah. yeah, they'll be clueless in Toronto like they usually are. They live in their bubble. Yep. But yep. Um, small town Canada, 
And I mean, we're an agricultural powerhouse. And we are especially too in southwestern Ontario. And mm -hmm. we also are on the Niagara Peninsula. And we produce a lot of food. That's and right, yes. it's a huge industry. And this is a whole new, uh, what would you call it, theater of war that they're, they're opening up. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, the, the old thing is that Germans didn't want to fight a two-front war. Well, these globalist idiots are fighting a multi-front war. Yeah. And um, they're biting off way more than they can chew. That's for sure. Speaking of more than you can chew, they just had a, a, a survey done by one of the, the major survey companies in Canada. And the results were that 57% of the Canadian pop population are going to refuse to get the third dose. Oh, that's huge. 57%. And that'll be, yes. if, if, if that, if that, if they follow through on that, it's like the hundredth monkey. People are going to see other people standing up. There's probably 80% that don't want it. Yeah. And but, the, you know, a lot of the other ones feel like they're coerced and they feel they have no other option. Well, they see that many people standing up. I'm yeah. telling you right now, I'm never wearing a mask again. Well, you know, you have to just look at it this. Yeah, you look at it this way, too. It's you look at the news reports coming out, but you got to get it from the alternative news sources. The Alberta health system has, is going to rescind their mandate because they can't get people to work. Um, you've got a lot more lawsuits coming through from the firefighters out in, I believe, BC. You're going to start seeing a lot of these things now coming through the court systems now. And I think that will help give some people some backbone. Yeah. To help reject the third, fourth, fifth injections, whatever these nuts. You're always going to get those people waiting in line to get double armed, right? Uh -huh. Two and one. But, um, I saw that stat, and it, it, as, as it escalates, even the third people, it, the stat even decreases. They're not going to go get their fourth one, the next one. Yeah. So. Yeah, it makes sense. This, and uh, that comes on the heels of our government ordering more, more vaccines, though, too. More right? vaccine, that's right. Uh, I find there's a quote from, a, a, of all things, uh, an arch, archbishop. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm teasing. Anyways, this uh, archbishop uh, brought in a good point. He says, the refusal to take sides on a great moral issue is itself a decision. It is a sign acquiescent, acquiescence to evil. The tragedy of our time is that those who still believe in honesty lack fire and conviction, while those who believe in dishonesty are full of passionate conviction. Mm -hmm. And that, that explains a lot, you know, uh, is a good description of what's happening out there. In, in any oh, yeah. Yeah. And guys, for the most part, uh, people who are right up the spectrum want things to be done fairly. The people to the left of the spectrum, they just want it to be done. They don't care how it's done. No, the yeah. end justifies the means with them. Yeah. They have no uh, moral reference point. I mean, when you when you hear them try and uh, explain a justification for abortion and eliminating speech, free speech and 
you know, it's for your own good. It's for the good of people. And women's, they, they, they have to hide it behind uh, uh, illogical arguments. Well, th- well, they never really have an argument. It's always hidden behind emotion. And when they don't do that, they just scream loud. That's, that's, that's that you, you never really hear a debate anymore because the other side no. doesn't know how their yeah, own facts. Just, you just jump into screaming about and call somebody racist if you start to lose an argument, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. But did you see that Canada also has uh, promoted, I think, vaccination? Was it Canada or was it Britain that promoted vaccinations for up to six months of age? I think it was Canada. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it was Canada, yeah. It says, talk to your pediatrician. They'll give you the answer. They're morons. Yeah. Talk to a pediatrician. They don't know anything. Yeah. Talk to any why kind of would, doctor. They don't know anything. Why would you vaccinate somebody that, you know, a child that is the healthiest creature on earth, healthy child that is not going to be affected by the virus, has a natural immunity that will, will keep them safe. Why would you ever think that? Like for uh, what purpose? They yeah, don't even well, have their immunity. They have their immunity plus their mothers. Yeah. This is nuts. They're superhuman. These babies. Yep. It's, it's evil. It, again, you have to say, okay, what they're saying makes no sense. Then what's the real reason? Yep. Depopulation um, and sterilization. Well, time will tell. So the thing I can come up with. Yeah. And all you know, these politicians and these so-called yeah. health experts have such a hard on to try to get well, to kids say, vaccinated. You got to tell me why. Yeah. Occam's razor, right? You eliminate all the preposterous and unlikely possibilities and you're left with the answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just uh, another word to the wise out there. Just be careful because the sun now causes blood clots. And uh, myocarditis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything. And isn't there everything some uh, a strange gas now being emitted from the ground that's causing it as well? Oh, sure. xenon? Yeah. It's, Is it xenon gas? I don't know. Yeah. One of those things anyways. But... That all makes sense if you're a liberal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a liberal bullshit. The farting cows. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's uh, cow, cow farts that are causing the main yeah. problem. That uh, uh, what do we need next, right? So, yeah, I mean, anything else on your topics there, Todd? Did you have a, another one there? No, that's pretty much. I was. Um, uh, I, I'd, I'd like to read the book first, and uh, yep. I saw a really compelling interview on Chris Martinson's uh, YouTube channel, which is called um, Peak Prosperity, okay. and he interviewed an author named C.J. Hopkins, and he's writing a new book called. The, the rise of the new normal Reich. And basically the interview is absolutely fascinating. Um, was basically um, his, his theory is that the globalists have pretty much won in that they're, they're really just trying to mop up the nationalism uh, right now. And all this nonsense that's going on in the world is really all about them establishing final control but nationalism is um, also starting to fight back and uh, we'll see where it goes. 
but I really, uh, I'm going to read the book myself and maybe I'll have more to say about it after I read it on the next podcast. Yeah. Sounds interesting. How about you there, Paul? To go, to go along with that, just, just quickly, I saw some headlines and some announcements on the news that um, the UN has come into a partnership with Klaus Schwab and the W uh, World Economic Forum. Have you seen that? No. Hmm. Coming in with uh, both uh, uh, financial and global warming and with the perspective of um, uh, kind of like you will own nothing and you will be happy. Um, kind of like overall governing things for to, to set up the globalization. And then I also, um, oh man, there was a headline that just came out. Yes, it was today because we mentioned about Iran, uh, Putin, and um, uh, what is it, Ergon from Turkey? Yep. Yeah, Erdogan. And this was yes. the first face to face meeting between Turkey and the, uh, Russia since uh, Turkey shot down the Russian plane over their airspace. And the Russian was a, or the, the the Turkish prime minister or president, he made Putin wait about forty five minutes before he entered the room. Yeah, it's probably uh, put him on ice. Worried that he was going to get his ass kicked. Yeah, well, Putin's a fucking weasel. Yes, can't stand this son of a bitch. And why is he still in NATO? Yeah, yeah. well, the, the Turks, the Turks had the always largest military in NATO. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and buy Russian military equipment. But yeah, Erdogan's a snake in the grass. Absolutely. Absolutely. But interesting. Well, I, I with that we have uh, just a couple of minutes left with our uh, our meeting here. I think this is a good point to wrap it up for the evening and uh, guys, you've been listening to the Canadian Beacon podcast once again. We appreciate your uh, indulgence and we appreciate your comments and uh, we'd love to hear some of your comments. Feel free to uh, send us some. Uh, Please rate us on the podcast and hopefully give us a good rating. We'd appreciate that too. That gets us out further uh, so other people will benefit from listening to what's happening in Canada on a day-to-day basis without all the filters of the mainstream media. Again, thanks. You've been uh, listening to the Canadian Beacon Podcast. Cheers, guys.